Hello, hello, Heather Jean here. I'm so excited to be here with this week's podcast or podcast, depending where you're watching or listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can also listen on podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on podcast, you can also check out the video version on vodcast on our YouTube Confidence Through Cabaret channel. I am so excited about this episode this week because you know, we, we talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about how we feel in our body. And of course we talk about, you know, showing up in our personal life, work life and stage life all of the time in confidence through cabaret in some way, shape or form. But we are going to talk about the creative elements of habits this week. And I am so excited because I'm joined by Monica Heise, who is an optimal performance coach. Hello, Monica. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so happy to have you here. I love this topic. So let's start off with, uh, you are an optimal performance coach. What does that mean? Sure. So I work with, typically it's high achievers who are looking to create systems and structures to support their health and well-being. And that relates to physical, mental, emotional, and energetic health. And so building systems and structures, typically we have, they're, they're almost separate and they don't necessarily work together in alignment for who we are and what we're looking to go forward with in the world. And so I help people create a better sense of flow, if you will, in that. That's fantastic. And, and I get that because I think, you know, there's an awful lot of fake it till you make it culture out there where like I can appear to be doing well and physically and then mentally, emotionally and energetically. Um, I'm, a, I'm a mess. And I chose that example because I have been there. Uh, I've also been down the toxic positivity route where it's like, yes, everything's great because that's what I'm supposed to be feeling. And everybody says, oh, my goodness, you're so strong. And there's no alignment there. So what, how, how, what's involved in getting uh, aligned with our physical, mental, emotional, and energetic being? What's involved with that? So I think for a big part of it, it's really understanding where your values lie, what's important to you, like getting to the base point of how important specific areas of your world are. And really just when you identify that, having a better way to look at where your energy is with it in terms of a, a physical, mental, and emotional, in terms of when I say energy is, your true feelings are with it. Like, do you really feel that joy and pleasure with it? Or is an element of pain that's in it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you can, you can, you can feel, you know, good emotions and there's that, there's that pain in it. And I think that is what's happening for a lot of people uh, now. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a wonderful service that you provide. And I think that a lot of the listeners uh, and pretty much everybody I know would have an element of pain in that. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking like, is the pain from, in your experience from our past and from our conditioning or from, you know, experiences in our past, or is it more about kind of fear going into the future? Where's that pain coming from? What a good question. I find a lot of it is the programming and the inability to really identify what pleasure or joy would be or feel because of now the environments that we're in and the way we experience the world. And so it's looking to create and cultivate 
a whole new paradigm within oneself. And so, yes, to answer your question, I find it's a combination of the past and the future, which means we really don't have any of those things aligned for our own self. Yeah. Yeah. And that alignment happens now, right? That happens in this moment. Right. That's, that's the only reality. So, okay. So you talk a lot about energy and I know that you, your work involves kind of balancing the, the masculine and the feminine. Would you just share with us how you uh, explain masculine and feminine energy? Sure. So the masculine creates the systems and the structures. And for me, the beauty of the masculine is pretty much the habits, the the discipline, the focus, the consistency, the the right aligned action, the will, um, that kind of building, if you will, the structure, the container. The feminine is the creative elements that have a sense of joy and flow with it. And I use the word joy. It's an inner world thing, right? So it sits inside of the container. Um, the, the feminine for me in this way is what, when the discipline and the habits are put into motion and the focus, there's an, an, a non-attachment on the result. The attachment, or there's non-attachment, the, the element of it is the, okay, I'm going forth in this action, this habit, and this joy because it's part of what who I become in this process. So that's where the container of the masculine holds the feminine. And it's no different than any seed or any birthing process. Oh, I love that analogy. It is so, so true. It is, it is so, and yet, and yet we we feel like we need to know these things now and we need to have these results, which is which is at least in, in, in my own world, it is an overexpression of masculine energy. You know, I want results. I want drive. I want, I want to see things being achieved. I'm, I'm really about, hugely about the container. And the feminine and the creativity, I think because I spent so long in the corporate world, has been very much downplayed. And I think that this is such a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to tap into that feminine energy. So when you talk about creative habits, I mean, because most people think of habits as like, this is just what I do. It's part of my middle brain. I don't have to think about it. It's just, you know, kind of autopilot. So what are creative habits? Ooh, that's so juicy for me. With I, I like habits, especially the discipline aspect of it. Before I go into, enter into it, I separate from the doing and the task of it. So I kind of open myself into this expansive space of this beingness in it. And there's a huge difference in that than the task of going to do. Yeah. So how do you, how do you create that openness? What, what's your, what's your ritual or process or habit? So when it's scheduled and I know that this is the time and this is what I'm going to be doing, right. To be and the doing, um, I really, I, I, I take my time in getting myself set for it. I take my time, meaning turning inward, internally, emotionally, and mentally. And I let go of anything that would be some sort of a, um, I'm going to call it like a fire that comes up, like a whack-a-mole that I have to hit to get out of the way, right? That's a disruption. And this creates flow. 
So for me, it's this, it's like a pause, even though I might be moving, lacing up my sneakers and getting my water bottle ready. Internally, there is a pause that everything that was happening or going on before and everything that has to go on after is not in this space as I am in that prep mode to go to do the training, to be that person who is doing my movement or to do my creative writing, to be that person who's in the flow of writing. I love that. I think a lot of us don't, you know, really kind of set intentions and get clear on, on the, well, the energy. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it, but to be really yeah. in that moment. Right. And, and I think so many of us just charge into, this is what I've got to do today. This is what I do very often in the mornings. I'll say, okay, what do I need to do today? Let's get this done. And, and I don't take that time to settle. And, and for me, you know, meditation is helpful, um, but it's quickly, once that's, once I've finished that, I, there's an interruption before I go on to the doing. What you're talking about is not having that interruption, is really setting that and then going into it. Yes. And so to, to speak to the, the, the aspect of the energy and helping someone create an energetic alignment, our energy systems based on the chakras are within a, a positive or a negative. And the third chakra, the solar plexus is related to will. And so often when you come from a corporate culture or this, this, this real excitement and energy of the doing of the action, which I know what that feels like um, you come from that third chakra and just put all that fire energy out there. And it doesn't matter if it's destructive or creative, you've just got to express it. What I have come to really understand and embody and embrace is this level of the root chakra, which is the nourishment and the nourishment and our deep level of connection. When we can be centered within that and hold our energy from there, we can work our way up to having different expressions and experiences in our in our habits and that relates then to our second chakra which has a sense of creativity or destruction so we've got to be a sense intentional with what we're creating and and intentional with purpose in terms of we're building something with it and in order to build we have to be able to hold that energy of building and not go into that monkey mind and get a little bit frazzled yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you said, as soon as you said root chakra, I was like, ah, oh, I'm a dead duck because I, that's, that is, I, I've had a, I've done a lot of work with people on chakras and, and I, and I find that the, the root chakra, it just, I don't hold it. And so the rest is all just kind of, it's a bit like jello, you know, it's just like all over the place. Yeah. And, right. and so, and so I've created some habits, but I don't think that I have the right, I've, I don't think I've found the right thing for me. Like, how, how do you, how do you work with the chakras in your work? What does that look like with your clients? Right. So actually I set them up with the habits first because okay. I want them to be in the, the actions of the feeling of the doing of them and understand where their sticking points are. What's the challenges and the difficulties that are coming up so we can take a look at them different. Uh, I work with foods and chakras so they understand how their energy, what, you know, there's a, there's a way that 
the, the sweetness in life that we are so disciplined in our food to be rigid that we lose the sweetness of life. So that comes from sweets and fruit. And, you know, if you cut that out, you're missing a part of you. So the work that I do with the chakras really is helping first people set up the habits and create those rituals, if you will. And then the chakras relate to our feelings. So again, if there's a way that they're, they've got to learn, like, what are you feeling? And oftentimes we're numb. We avoid them. We don't know how to feel them because we haven't been matured enough to get into feeling them because it takes work and it takes practices just like training and going to the gym. And so really helping somebody hold their ground on stepping into what it feels like, what their feelings are. And once they can identify where their feelings are, we can go through those chakras to transform, transmute, um, release, and step into that positive aspect to help them in in the habits that they're, they're, they've already created. I love that. I love that. Because what I've realized about what I just said before you answered my question was that I went into the chakras, right? I went in like masculine energy, doing, doing. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to balance this. I'm going to figure this out. And <laughs> instead of, you know, really kind of being creative and experiencing and allowing that feminine emotion to come through. I love, I love that you've just explained it. It's like, yeah, I wonder why mine didn't work. Oh yeah, there it is. I, I gotta say though, this is something that I learned as a child. Like it was cultivated in me from the time I was a child. So yeah. it comes so natural to me. And that's, that's my beauty and my joy. Like, honestly, those are my gifts. And it's really fascinating to hear how so many specifically women have had such a hard time connecting with that. And that's through our, our mother energy and the relationship dynamics through that. And oftentimes what helps on that is the nourishment from good foods from the earth and spending time in nature and recalibrating and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. So what, so what, when you say that you grew up with this and this was just, you know, is, is really who you are, what, what, what is different to the rest of us that we're just like taught to be doing and, you know, having our roles? Well, it was modeled for me. Um, both of my parents had very strong values in health and fitness. And when we look at understanding the nature of health and fitness, it comes from this taking care of oneself. And um, that in of itself watching my father get up at like 4.30 in the morning to do his calisthenics and his workout. But there weren't any gyms really at the time and no gym was open so early. Mm. Um, so really watching that and knowing that, oh, these are disciplines that he puts in place and it makes him like, I could feel his energy. I mean, it made him feel good. It prepared him for his day. So kind of what was different was that um, this level of health, was instilled with me from the value system of nutrition and fitness. And then we, my family, there was always clean food. And I say clean food, just again, you know, the way, what was brought into my household and the why, and there was no talk of diet or anything like that. It wasn't a part of our language. Um, so I think what's different is that, and if we look at business, and certainly there are many people who've been brought up with very strong um, business 
principles, most people watched their parents climb corporate ladders. It wasn't necessarily someone who ran their own business. And in that energy, there's still an attachment to something and someone in the outer world or the, the need to show up in someone's own like false sense of power. And I say false sense, and that's not negative. That's really the only way to move through that, that purpose. Yeah, no, I fully, fully agree. And there wasn't, there certainly wasn't talk of, you know, feminine energy and, you know, allowing feelings in, in a workplace or in a corporate setting at all. I mean, even, even now it's very difficult to have those conversations. And I think, you know, COVID and, and, you know, the talk about mental health and all of those things that have brought some of that uh, to the forefront. Um, but still there's an awful lot of, yeah, but you know, let, let's not get too emotional. Okay. Then you don't want to get creative. You don't want to get intuitive about your business, right? You're missing all that. Right. I love that you get it from the inside out. Thank you. Thank you so much. The emotional component when it comes to the corporate world, it's the way that growth happens. We grow through that feeling of that passion and that joy from inside rising up to then be able to be expressed out. If we're stagnating it and stifling it and keeping it stuck, we're going to uh, take out that flame. We're going to extinguish it. Absolutely. And sometimes that's the design. Maybe maybe if they thought about intentionally, that, that wouldn't be the design. But sometimes that's built into the design of, you know, kind of, here's your targets, here's where we're going, here's what we're achieving this year. And, and, and they, they haven't stopped to consider that, the flame and the, the creativity and all that goes with that. Um, and sometimes right. that's what the solutions are. Yes. And to speak to that, that's a part of time where we're at in history where that the technology and the way we're able to do business and run businesses is so different than the way businesses had started from the industrialization, where what they counted on was very different. So we're looking at a changing of the hands and these systems and structures that were built that were serving that way, where it was in the masculine structure and the masculine doing and the masculine was taking leadership in every capacity is now kind of... Um, falling off the wayside. It's kind of disintegrating and dismantling its own self because there are so many businesses and entrepreneurs that are coming up to help really create the needed changes in the world and help people tap into their unique geniuses and passions and feelings and helping create a new level of wealth and freedom and happiness that comes from that balance. Yes. And I am glad that you acknowledge that because, you know, my grandparents were, you know, part of World War II and, you know, and, and emigrated from the UK to, to Canada. And I've now gone back to the UK. That's a, that's a whole thing. But, but, but you know, that, that it was a very different world, um, you know, depression and, you know, the Great Depression was, was a huge thing around scarcity. And that's certainly what my parents were raised with. So that's what they knew. And you had a job for life, so you better stick with it. Um, you know, and, and it's, so it's, it was a very different time than it is now. And I think, you know, a lot of us still carry that conditioning and programming from ancestrally from those previous generations. 
you know, I have uh, millennial children and then I have a, a Gen Z child uh, and they just think very, very differently. And some of that comes from me and my realizations and some of that just comes from their peers and, you know, kind of, as you say, technology and, and, and access to, to very different things. But, you know, I think uh, even my millennial children, the older, because they're at the older end of millennials, are, are very different thinking to the Gen Z um, child very different because they remember getting the internet they remember taking on the technology and we they were told what that meant and then the, right. the, the, the younger children are now in their 20s and they're like no that's not what it means at all here's what we're doing <laughs> I love that I love that there's a saying that goes that we borrow the land from the next generation so the younger generations come in with the codes and the necessities to build the next step of what we put into place. That's how legacy works. So yes, that when the wars happen and that there was a, there was a choice and most people went into this level of scarcity and fear and again, root chakra and disruption that happened because there's so unknown, but those who stepped into connecting with people who were saying, I'm going to find a new way. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to go about this different, created great changes in their world. And yeah. there were a lot of them. There were a lot of them. There were, there were, there were a huge number of them. And I, I think uh, those changes, uh, you know, it's like any change at first, everybody's a bit skeptical. And now we just can't imagine being without it, you know, which is fantastic. Um, right. So, okay, so where does your growth come from? You, you grew up with these wonderful, healthy ideals and examples and boundaries and habits. How, where does your growth come from? Sure. So when I lost both my parents during my years at college, and I kind of already knew my family wasn't going to support me or understood me the way that my parents did, I just kind of knew it based on their actions and habits, right? So I really grounded into, right? There's that kind of root level. I really grounded into my fitness training. Um, I made that my life and I studied it in school and it was mine. Like I can, I could hold it and, and I could connect with it and I can identify with it. So um, my level of growth kind of started there by having that foundation and building that and realizing that that was kind of my own space. And then as I, let's call it matured and grew, um, my level of career choices and I became a group fitness instructor in New York city. I went on to compete in fitness, knowing that all the time that I was investing in the gym and doing was just as much emotional and mental because I had to be somebody, I had to feel something and I had to show up in a certain way in every way, right? Performance. So I went on to do that and living in New York and the family that I was around, there was no growth and there was no exponential feeling of this liveliness. Sure. There was a lot of this identity with um, outside pleasure or, um, what they believed would be happiness, but that wasn't connected with me. And I knew in order for me to grow, I needed another environment. And at the same time, I also knew I needed to tear down everything that was out of alignment from it. And so I was willing 
<laughs> I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, I was willing to go in and all the programming and all of the disruptions from the environments that I had been in and all the ways that just weren't in my truth and alignment, I was willing to let go, like confront and let go and restore and repair and revitalize. So when it comes to growth, it just every time I was able to shift that, I realized I changed my energy, my frequency, my vibration. And um, it's really become now just a process process that I'm aware of. And that I start to acknowledge and notice the new and the new is really subtle. It's so small, the smallest things. And what happens is oftentimes we see it, but we don't really identify that we created that as small as it is. And just to allow it to unfold and be with it, enjoy it, savor it, find pleasure with it, right? Connect with it and allow things to move that way. I I love that you've shared this because I think so many people are saying, yeah, where I'm at, it's a dead end job or, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not doing the, the things that bring me joy or... I'm not living in the place that I want to be in, but it's too scary to make those changes. And there's all these reasons of why I can't and, and so on. And you, you, you're really walking the talk of what you do with your clients, right? About, about creating those, those habits that align you. You're, you're doing it. You're living it. I I am. And I must say it's taken the capacity also to find right aligned people to understand and the same thing, walk through the walk through it on their own journey. It's just parallel. And when you have people who have done that and you gain perspective and perspective is the key because it shifts the mindset, opens and unlocks the way to take the next action, which is new. You haven't done it before. It crosses those neural pathways in the brain. And then if it isn't working out, if it wasn't a change that's how you expected or what you wanted or working out in some way, then you can change again. Well, that's the thing is that consistently being able to be open. And I found this to be a very, it's a very, um, deeper place. Like it takes more discipline, more practice to get there. Right. It's so it's like a baby learning to walk. Like they don't stand up and start walking. You know, they fall down a few times. It's one of those things that you fall down a few times and it's going to be okay. The fact that you went forward and took those actions shows that you're testing those muscles and the capacity to expand in that. So you can, you can always shift and change it, but again, it's, it goes back to the root chakra and that, um, third chakra of action it's being willing to sit in the actions that you've taken without rushing forward to the next action ah. because that itself becomes the pattern yes yes i'm always looking for the next new thing then that becomes the, the pattern okay so so we take the steps that are aligned and then we sit in that and we appreciate it and experience it before we look for the next new thing right 
Okay, you can hear my type type A personality screaming at you right now, going, yeah, but then how long do I have to wait before the next new thing? <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because it's not even waiting. It's not really waiting. It's shifting again the context. And that's a big um, situation that we find ourselves in this world is the, the definitions that we give to words is how we define them. So it's not really waiting. It's this level of receptivity. It's this level of openness, passiveness, that it's not in the aggressiveness, um, which shifts and changes the energy dynamic that you've been working to get into or to create all along. I'm going to need to rewind that little segment a few times (laughs) because I heard it. And I know I heard it, but now I, I need to hear that a few more times. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I really appreciate you bringing that. Um, and I think, you know, so many of us are, you know, guilty of, of using language, thinking, you know, without examining it, without examining the program that comes behind it, without um, really kind of focusing on our intentions and our own joy. Our own joy. Yeah, that's what you enjoy. Right. And I think the other thing that goes along with that, that when you start or begin or choose to take that next new action that feels right, you may have some feedback, which is the pattern itself coming up to release itself. And in that feedback, some of that negative story or experiences may show up it doesn't mean you're going in the wrong direction. It means you're going to now no longer be in resistance of it. You're just going to settle in and you're going to let the storm pass. I love that. Thank you. So I know that you uh, also took ballet. We talked about this uh, before we started recording. As an adult, you learned ballet. So, which is fun <laughs> and very different to, to, well, it's not very different to the fitness world, but it is a, it is a, a strong discipline <laughs> in itself. <laughs> so I know that you appreciate the art of dance. Um, and so maybe, maybe I've already kind of answered for you, but I, I don't want to. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about you in your stage presence and, and what, and what that would mean in front of an audience. So I know you've had the experience of it. So let's talk a little bit about cabaret, which is quite different to being in a large theater where you might've performed before, or certainly you'll have, you know, if if you've ever been, if anybody's been to the ballet, you'll have experienced it in a large theater of some sort, probably. Um, Cabaret is typically a small venue. So, it's a much more intimate experience with your audience and you can see them. It's not a huge auditorium. You are creating an experience and an atmosphere and, a, and a, a, an energy in that room through your messages, through what you're sharing in your performances. And there is very typically um, much more than, you know, beautiful dancing. It's, it's got a message or it's got an intention behind it that's being expressed 
for the audience who may ex interpret it in different ways. So anytime you hear somebody, you know, uh, let's say Bette Midler talking about her cabaret days of working in the clubs, uh, most, most stand-up comedians working in the clubs, you know, those were small venues and those are, are, are by definition cabarets. So what would you perform or what kind of performance would you do if you were performing cabaret, which could be singing, dancing, reciting poetry, comedy, contortion, I don't know, all, any number of things. What would oh, you perform? Gosh, definitely a form of movement, sensuality. I love the sensual expression of movement and I love how it connects into my own sense of joy and in that people experience and see the pleasure in how I be. Oh, I love that because that's inspiring as well. At least for me, that would be a large part of the experience is that inspiration of, I want to feel like that. I want to connect with that joy. I, I you know, that, that I, it's almost a permission for myself to experience yes. that sensuality that you're sharing. Yes. That was exactly how I taught my group fitness classes because at the time I was teaching a lot of classes. I mean, it was like 25 classes a week and then training to compete. And I had to figure out how I can still exude the emotion that I was looking, that I felt from teaching and keep the people um, engaged. It's a whole engagement. And it had to come from the mental and emotional component for me in it, in the work. And so once I got them, the people to do the movements in a certain aspect, and I gave them permission, I could step back and use my cueing and it was, again, language, the choice of language in terms of how I communicated that. Yes, yes. I, I, we've probably all been in a fitness class or, or, or have experience of, of maybe even just seeing it, in, it you know, depicted in a, in a show on TV even, you know, where it's like it's got to be hard and it's got to be terrible and you're going to hate it and no pain, no gain and all of that. <laughs> It, that doesn't that doesn't motivate me. That just makes me go, okay, no gain then, because that sounds painful. <laughs> it's so external. It doesn't yeah. connect you to the feeling of what it feels to be in your body, to move. Exactly. Exactly. And to experience what your body does for you and to feel right. good about that rather than feel dread that I have to go to another class. <laughs> right. I love that. Okay, so what one prop would you want to take with you, Monica, on stage? Ooh, what one prop? What one prop? Um, I would say gloves. Oh. I love that. Are you talking like long, kind of like opera gloves? Like around yes, yes. I love that. I love that. Have you ever played with like a glove peel? I haven't. Oh highly recommend it so first of all you can get gloves really cheap on uh online especially on the on the major online dealer okay <laughs> I, 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 I won't name i won't name him because jeff Bezos doesn't need more money but um but yeah you can get them fairly cheap um you're looking for something with some some give or some elastics so or read the reviews around elastic because otherwise it, it can be a bit difficult with the glove peels and if you want to try something like today you could just get a pair of long socks right? Because that does the same thing. And you can play with it. And you can play with different ways to take it off. Like you can peel it from the top, or you can bite it, or you can, you know, kind of pull it in, in various ways. You can pull it, you know, horizontally, you can do all kinds of things with it. It's so much fun to play with gloves. <laughs> I bet. 
I, I have several pairs just that I play with. I absolutely, I highly recommend it. It's fun. Put on something sensual and just, just play with your socks. <laughs> right. Okay, so you're going to take gloves and do you have a color in mind for your gloves? Gold. Oh, I didn't see that coming. I love that. <laughs> okay, so you're going to do some sort of sensual movements. So, and you're, you're, going to use your gloves and you're about to go on stage and the compare says please welcome to the stage what is your stage name oh that's a good one what is my stage name um the essence of beauty <gasps> i love that and i love how you just you it yes <laughs> yes yes because everybody wants to know oh what's the essence of beauty what is gonna happen love that love that i also love that you 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 listened to that inner voice and then you just said it unapologetically and i, I say that because sometimes when i when i ask people about what would your stage name be they'll say oh i don't know and they know but they don't <laughs> They don't want to own it because they don't feel like, how can it possibly claim to be the essence of beauty? Well, why, why not? <laughs> absolutely love that for you. Are you still doing ballet? I have not done it in quite some time. Um, hmm, it's been It's been a few years. And then being in Orlando, I really just never went to go find a place a place to do ballet, but I did just recently look up, there's a Russian ballet place in one of the towns, not far. So, but I think they only do actual school. I don't think they act, they do classes, adult type classes, but it's on my radar now again. Yeah. And if they don't, they would know. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's a lot of us will kind of go, oh, there's a barrier that they, they don't do the classes there or whatever. And then we'll give up. And I know you won't uh, because then the next question has to be, well, okay, so how, how can I find out? Well, they'll probably know where there are classes, you know, and I'm saying that for the benefit of the listeners, because I know that you won't let that be an obstacle if that's what you want to do. No, I'm enjoying, like I follow them on in social media and I'm enjoying watching the, the kid, the children. It's right now, I don't live necessarily close to where it is. And I just wanted to get into the energy of the ballet. And there are other ballet studios. I'm fully aware that there are. The other thing is I want to make sure that it's, it, I'm not rushing into something and doing all the linear things. Like there's a community, there's people, there's women that I want to enjoy taking the classes with. And so I want to be able to know that before I start going into it, I have all of this openness so that it feels right and aligned as I move through the process and just kind of show up. And there's you living what you help others to live in your own personal life. I love that. Thank you. What is uh, working with you like? Is it one-to-one? Uh, -one? Is it group programs? How, how can people work with you? I work with people one-to-one, -one, and that's because I hold a container for them. I give very gold glove um, type of service and, and, and leadership, mentoring with them. So it's the programs can run from anywhere from an eight-week program a three-month program, a six or a nine-month. It just depends on what the program is, that the way it's set up. Okay. And how can people find you? 
people can find me on social media and social media. I am on Monica highs. That's H E I Z. And that's Facebook and Instagram. My website is Monica highs, lifestyle.com. And um, I think that's probably the best ways right now to connect with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we'll, put those, we'll put them in the show notes. Yeah. 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 I think I have um, the programs that I'm running now specifically are nutrition and fitness. I have um, an energy type of a program, which is three months. I have a masculine feminine energy, which is a three month program. And I also have uh, healthy health and rich to help people understand that health and rich can come together. It's the way we start to understand what that dynamic looks like. It's not that hardcore way, but it's really putting it all together. So it just depends. I also bundle some of the programs together. If some of them, they want like all of them in one. Yeah. So, so it is, it is kind of a, a, a programs that you've created but are flexible for individuals. Correct. I love that. Right. I love that. I have, to, I have to meet them where they're at, know what it is that they're looking to accomplish and where we start, where that vision is and what has to come in the middle to bring that into fruition. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's an awful lot of coaching programs that kind of sheep dip people through. doesn't matter where you're at. You know, if this is, this is the kind of program you want, then I can sheep dip you through. And I love that you're meeting people where they're at because that's the essence of what you've been talking about through this whole episode. It's really creating that. The biggest thing that my clients go away with in any capacity is the, the foundation and the faith in themselves through that foundation and that in of itself builds confidence because when you, once you're able to build that and have that, you know what you're capable of and where you can go. It's just a matter of the timing and the practices that move you to the next step. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and that's the creative habits, right? Is that, that you're helping them to create. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your favorite lesson that you've ever learned? If there's one piece of advice that you loved the most, what is it? One piece of advice that I love the most. Wow. I've had so many great mentors and um, people around me. Um, I, I think it was probably from my aerobic coach, who just had this, he's a nine-time world champion. And every person he worked with, he created a gold medalist, whether it be a world champion or a national champion. I became a national champion through his support. And I would say that's the greatest lesson that I learned is he would, I would go to him and I would show him a piece of the choreography and he was like, oh, that looks like shit. And he took responsibility for it. He didn't say that I looked like shit that looked like shit because it didn't match my body. And so the greatest piece of advice I got was his, his, his lovingness of the work, the process, the, the education, the teaching, the holding somebody powerful um, and consistently instilling that in me. That's wonderful. And it, it is, it is very much about, focus on the work process, the issue, the behavior, the performance, not the person. 
and and I think a lot of people, an awful lot of coaches don't understand that. Um, right. You know, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can if you can uh, hear the lapping of my dog, but my dog is has found the bowl of water because it's over 100 degrees <laughs> in a non-air conditioned country. Um, but Monica, I thank you so much for joining us today, uh, this morning for you, this evening for me in, uh, from Florida. It has been so lovely meeting you. And I'm not joking when I say I need to go back to some parts of this episode a few times and really hear that. So I appreciate you sharing with us today. It's my pleasure, Heather. I'm so glad I could be here with you all. And I can see you now glowing, like your energy has really softened. It's yeah. kind of like, whoo, exuding your magic. Yeah, because I don't, f I, I, I'm, it, it is softening. It's that, it's that, it's not do, 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 do. Okay, what's the next thing? What's the next change? And what's the next exciting thing? It's, it, it's reflective. And uh, that's why I say I, I genuinely will go back over some of these things and, and, and just let it absorb more fully. Beautiful. Monica, thank you so much. Please reach out to Monica. All of the contacts will be in the show notes. So uh, if you didn't catch them uh, on, on at the time, you'll be able to, to uh, pick those up as you're listening to the episode in the notes. Um, Monica, thank you so much for being here. Audience, thank you so much for being here. We love having you here. We enjoy helping you uplift your confidence. We enjoy sharing conversations that allow you to be able to get ideas and inspiration and connections that help you uplift your confidence. We are Confidence Through Cabaret on all of the socials except for Twitter. We are at YBYWYS and I am at Heather YBYWYS on Clubhouse and those six beautiful little letters stand for it is your body and it is your world. And it is your stage. Take up space and own it unapologetically. Thank you so much. Mwah.